yo, welcome back to the Cat Podcast, your weekly tour through hip hop. I am Nate Sperlin. That is Taylor McLeod. Taylor, how are you doing today? Hey, can't complain. Can't complain. It's cold as hell, but you you look kind of you look kind of drippy over there. Do you want to do you want to take us through the fit? Through the wanna, fit? Yeah. What, what's up? Uh, yeah, we can. We got just a Pittsburgh Pirates hat. This small chain that's not really mean anything. I just like it. <laughs> I got a Carhartt Carhartt crew neck. And then because it's only top up on camera, I got some just like random shorts and some just socks on. But yeah, no, only top up matters at, at this yeah. point if we're doing everything over Zoom. Um, exactly. Yeah. You, this got, is, you got the periwinkle hoodie, though. You know what, man? It's the it's the season premiere, season three. Um, And you just have to pop out in style sometimes. You got the periwinkle hoodie here. Um, Obviously, um, have a chain on that you cannot see. Um, I also got earbuds like that you cannot see because, you know, you got to make use of the full hoodie. Um. So yeah, that's 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 the style, and that is the report. Um, thank you for paying attention to that. Um, all right, thank you for listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Verbal, um, Anchor, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and thank you for watching on YouTube. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Old Milk Media. And this is the season premiere, as I said. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be it's, it's time for a fourth wall break, okay? I have nothing planned. This podcast is strictly just gonna be us talking about what we've liked so far from the first two and a half. I'll be generous to say first two and a half months of 2022. So that being said, Taylor McLeod, my co-host, where do you want to start first? I mean, we could start from the beginning, or we could start from from like Friday. Because Friday, mm-hmm. it's two big projects. A lot of people are talking about it, Dirk and Benny. But honestly, there's been there's been a decent amount of good stuff to come out this year. You know, like so far, because you usually wait until the summer for you to be able to decide if it's a good year or not. But so far, when you have someone like Gunna and you also have a young boy and you also have Babyface Ray, Kodak act, dropping a really good album, um, it, it's... Kendrick, Kendrick, if Kendrick drops a classic album, this is one of the best years of it. This is the one of the best years in recent memory. And there's also, well, Kanye dropped Donda 2, which I haven't listened to because I'm not buying a $200 stem player. Um, What else came out? Um, You got Earl. Yeah, Earl came out. Benny, as you said, Conway came out last week, I believe. Um, Yeah. And then King Von came out last week as well. King Von, Al had another. Alchemist had another project with Currency, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I like. I like the Cousin Stiz. It's a bunch of stuff, honestly. I've yeah. been, I've been pleasantly surprised. Saba, uh, that's probably one of my favorite albums of the year so far. That record's um, amazing. Yeah. So I guess let's start with the the ones that came out this week. Let's start with uh, let's start with Benny the Butcher. Let's start with uh, Tana Talk Four. Um, so Benny the Butcher released Tana Talk Four on Friday. And of course, J. Cole is on it as I start looking for the album here. We have J. Cole on it. We also have Stove God Cooks. We have Boldy James on it. Uh, Conway the Machine, Diddy, 38 Splash, West Side Gun. And those are the features there. 14, 12 tracks long, excuse me, 40 minutes. Um, so that being said, what were your thoughts on Tana Talk 4? I know you were really excited for it. Did it meet your expectations? As a Benny fan, yeah, it met my expectations. Like, it's Benny on Alchemist Beats, Benny on 
Derringer Beats, Benny on Beat Butcher Beats. Like, that's my favorite Benny. So it, it met my expectations. I've been playing it pretty much nonstop. Weekend of the Perrys with Boldy James, like I told you a couple of days ago on text, is like maybe one of the most like peaceful hip hop tracks I've ever heard in my life. And when you're like listening to the words, you're like, this isn't peaceful. But like the whole, <laughs> everything about it, it just is like, it, it has that vibe. And then the song with Conway was like real interesting to me to hear. Cause like, even though Griselda, like they started out kind of older, they're all like mid thirties, pushing 40. They've been around big time kind of now for like five, six years. So to hear Conway talking to Benny, like, yo, we're making it. And it's like kind of a recognition of that. That was cool. Overall, the song with Cole is great. I know pe- people have been criti- critical of the Stove God feature, and obviously we have a we have a vested interest in Stove God cooks, so like we're always watching him. But I honestly didn't mind it that much, and and I don't know. I think it's a really cohesive record. I, like I said, I've been playing it nonstop. So, um, first of all, I think Johnny P's Caddy, Benny the Butcher, and J Cole is the best song on the tra- on the whole record. Um, I think that I think if the whole tape was that way, like that quality, we're probably looking at an album of the year contender. But um, unfortunately, it wasn't like that. Um, so you talk about the Stove God Cooks feature on track two, back to X, back two times. Um, I didn't I thought that Benny really did his thing on that. And I thought that when Stove Guy came in, he was a little bit offbeat and it was a little bit like he's trying to figure out, like you could try to hear him figure out what he's going to do. And towards the end, it got stronger, but just that middle part where he comes in and it kind of ruins the momentum of the track kind of ruined that track for me. So that's a track that I really wanted to like, but I just couldn't probably, if I keep re-listening to it, I'll probably um, get to liking it. Um, what else did I like? I also like uh, Tyson versus Ali was a good track. Um, I agree with you with the weekend in the Perry's. That's a good track right there. I think I needed a hook on that. Um, I think that one is more so about the beat though. Um, but the one thing, the one issue I have with Griselda listening to Griselda projects now is I feel like it kind of, it kind of feels like they've peaked. Um, when you look at Benny the Butcher and you look at uh, Burden of Proof that came out in 2020 and then the project like none of the projects that came out last year were on the same level as Burden of Proof and this one Tana Talk 4 also isn't on the same level of Burden of Proof it could possibly be because of the beat selection or just the fact that the concepts that he raps about are recycled over and over again and obviously oversaturation makes that worse um but I think that, honestly, I think that Benny, out of the three main Griselda artists, I think that Benny is the one who has the talent and the wordplay to make really, really good albums. And I think that him paired with Hit Boy is probably a dream made in heaven. And I'd like to see that again. No, for sure. I love Burden of Proof. I honestly, I like Plugs I Met too, but I also love Harry Fraud. Like, mm-hmm. so like the song with French Montana and Jim Jones, Longevity. I have like a very soft spot for French Montana. I think every song, like it just, some of his songs are perfect to me. Some of his features are perfect to me. With this one, Benny says it in a line and it's actually a a Conway line from a while ago where it's like West Side Guns in charge, Benny's the star and Conway's the silliest with the bars. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's a pretty good way to put it where I think Benny has the biggest, like, or the the best ability to, like you said, 
create that full project. When you listen to some of Conway's freestyles, to me, he's the best rapper out of the three of them. And then, and then Gun is like, you can tell he's a mastermind mm-hmm. where he, he's the he's the businessman. And that shines on his projects a lot where the the beat selection is pristine and he knows how to make an incredible art project. But like you said, the the material is recycled sometimes. And I think that's the it's the tough part. And it's part of the modern landscape of of dropping every year. Mm-hmm. When you come every single year, it's like, all right, we've heard that. We've heard that. We've heard that. To me, being a huge Griselda fan, I want to hear more of that. Mm-hmm. But I also understand why it doesn't necessarily appeal to some like some people who are on the on the on the fence about Griselda, about Benny, about Conway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that I, I think that also it comes with just understanding the work that you put in before that whatever album you're dropping now. Like I think that burden of proof, I think that Benny the Butcher could have survived longer off of burden of proof than he did. Um, I forget when exactly the project after Burning of Proof came out, but um, I think that Burning of Proof was just such a good album and it was Plugs I Met 2 would probably be the next one. It's not telling me a month, um, but I'll, I, we can figure that out later. Um, so it's a good album. I'm, I think that one thing that, like, I don't, I feel like the oversaturation of dropping uh, the Plugs I Met 2 so close to dropping burden of proof kind of sets it back a little because it's not the same quality as burden of proof too and when we're when we're looking at artists and we're trying to become fans of artists we like to see growth within their art form and i feel like if he just took more time or if they as a collective just took more time to figure out new ways to deliver the same content I think that that would be better also giving that also within that giving fans some time to actually miss new music from them instead of just oversaturating every single time it kind of gets tired a little bit but I do see why people like that type of music it's just um I'm just expecting more out of it yeah you can and I've told you this and it's not a knock either you can tell that they're all like I said earlier like mid 30s mm-hmm. close to 40 like they they popped pretty late and it's it, it's understandable. You can hear it in the music. Like they were, uh, for lack of a word, busy during their twenties. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't concentrated on music. So it's like you can tell that they're like, all right, we're here now. We gotta like do as much as fast as possible, eat as much as we can right now. Because it's like, obviously, you have like Nas still doing it after forty. Hov is after two. Right, exactly. Like Jay Z's older than fifty. So it's like. There is a blueprint for kind of sustaining it, but at the same time, it's pretty rare to have, you know what I mean? I can't see, and maybe it'll happen and maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I, I don't know if I can see Conway doing the things he's doing five, six years from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Um, so to put a bow on this, what would you say are some of your favorite songs off of Tana Talk 4? Like I said, Weekend in the Perrys, um, Tyson vs. Ali, Johnny P's Caddy's great. Let me grab the track list quick. Sorry about that. No, you're all good. As I, I guess I'll go through my favorites. Yeah. As, uh, yeah. All right. So and I John, like 10 more crack commandments, honestly. Oh, that was a good song. That was a really good song. I appreciated that. Um, I like that Diddy's on it because yeah. without Diddy, it would kind of feel like, all right, like obviously Benny's on a rock. 
Benny's with Def Jam. So he he's stamped enough where it's like, mm-hmm. all right, you can add a second part to one of the most iconic Biggie songs ever. But to have Diddy on it is like that, like, all right, it's all more credibility. Yeah, it's like yeah. Right, this guy was like with him when he made the first one. So now mm-hmm. he should be there for the second. So like mm-hmm. that was cool. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. Ten more commandments. Obviously, Johnny P's ca- uh, caddy is something I really enjoy too. Tyson versus Ali. Um, Throwy's revenge. It, it, one thing I will say about this is that it did get better towards the end. Um, so Throwy's revenge I enjoyed. I enjoyed Guerrero with Westside Gun. Um, and I also enjoyed Mr. Chow Hall. Um, so yeah, that's probably at least half the album. Which in the in today's day and age with music being released so quickly that's a, a w so probably half that one i enjoyed yeah hey i'm glad to hear it <laughs> all right moving on let's start talking about lil dirk his new album uh seven two two zero here we have just about three features on it i believe four features uh future gunna summer walker and morgan wallen over 17 tracks um 45 minutes long what did you think about this project taylor to me this project sounds like after the 21 2021 that dirk had Mm -hmm. it it sounds to me like he was able to even though he drops all the time take a little more time with this and come from a place of not necessarily like made it made it but he's made it enough he has a decade in this where it's like all right, he's here and he can he can take a little bit different place. Like obviously Dirk's always been like bragging, like that's part of the whole thing, but it's a little bit different now. It comes from like a sounds to me like there's a little more like wisdom in this one. Like there's a little bit more like let me take a step back, let me really consider what I'm doing and give you this project. And honestly, you and I were talking about it last night. It's refreshing to me at least to have like that minimal feature list to just like really get inside the mind of Dirk and not have it be like Dirk teaming up with someone constantly. Cause even though like that is part of where Dirk shines the brightest, it is interesting to get like a look at just where he's at. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I think that this, I think that the lack of features on this project is really a test to, I think it counts as a heat check for music just because if you're able to make a project that is successful without needing that much help it really shows how big of a star you are we see uh artists like Lil Uzi 21 Savage Juice World when he was alive um other I, I'm thinking I, I'm forgetting some other name J. Cole obviously with the whole no features thing and going platinum with that it really shows you how hot uh an artist is um on the other side young boy as well young boy doesn't really have that many features but he's still one of the hottest artists out um so for Lil Durk to do this and do it and execute it well and still give us um what we expect out of Lil Durk is really impressive I think it's I think it's um projected to sell 120 or 130,000 first week something along those lines and I think that that would be the highest that Dirk has ever sold which is also impressive it shows growth um but overall in terms of the actual music um I feel like when you listen to Lil Dirk, you kind of know how the song's going to go within the first 30 seconds. There aren't really many risks taken, and that's fine. Um, But I feel like for him to reach that tier A status along with Kendrick's or uh, the Lil Uzi's or the Futures, for him to reach that status, I feel like he needs to take more risks and 
um, on this project, I only really counted two tracks that didn't sound like anything I've ever heard from Dirk before. And that was track 10, uh, Grow Up, Keep It On Speaker, Keep It On Speaker portion was the part with the risks and Broadway Girls with Morgan Wallen. But I won't be listening to that because we don't, we don't like Morgan Wallen. So that being said, um, yeah, good album for sure. Um, I also like that he dropped it after the King Von album dropped last week, which we could also talk about after this. Um, but he also did have some some very vulnerable tracks. I think the first one was very vulnerable, started from. I think I needed more of a, I think I needed a better beat on that, but I like the content that he was delivering there. Um, what else? Uh, track four, Shootout at My Crib, because there was a moment where he had a shootout at his house and talking about that, obviously. Um, yeah, with India. She yeah, was with, there, she was yeah with his girl. <laughs> um, so... I think overall the 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 content on this project is where Lil Durk grew, but in terms of sound, I, I don't I kind of struggle to see the growth in that. That's a good point. I, I agree for the most part. And it's tough because like obviously there's gonna be the expectation that because it is early in the year that Dirk either comes and it, also he's like prolific like this, so it, it wouldn't be surprising if he drops again this year. This is a project where I kind of wish. And I guess I, I can do this. Everyone can do this where I think I'll, I'll sit with it for a little while and mm-hmm. like try to really like get into it in a way that I, I might not with some other projects where I'm like, let me this stuff that kind of sounds nice, but like calm at the same time. There might be something more there that I'm not re- really seeing, you know, on first, second, third listen. So I don't know. I like it. I thought it was an impressive project from Dirk. And it's just a. I think it's a continuation of a huge 2021. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, well, aside from the little baby, little Dirk collab tape, I think that this is probably the best project that I have personally heard from little Dirk. Um, that little baby tape was under little baby and little Dirk tape last year was underrated. There was some really good songs on there, and I thought that it would uh, do more commercially. But I digress off that. So, what are some of your favorite songs off of this little Dirk? uh album 720 7220 is what i'm gonna call yeah it. <laughs> uh i like head taps i like the intro the i like what happened to virgil honestly mm-hmm. and gunna's on a run so mm-hmm. it, it kind of pushing p over perfectly pushing p <laughs> <laughs> and then i like grow up keep it on speaker like you said like i think that was you know also echoing what you said that was kind of one of the points where you could you could feel him kind of taking a risk like mm-hmm. playing with his voice doing some stuff that it's not like we've never heard this stuff from Dirk but it almost sounds like more refined the bigger he gets the more time he has in the game the I need more of that yeah I need and more so of like that. that's kind of building on what I was saying earlier like I want to sit with this one but it also makes me excited to see the next one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to see if it, it builds on this or or you know whatever direction whatever direction he decides to go mm-hmm. For me, I definitely say track three, Aha. Um, that was one of the singles coming in and it's a really good song. It also gets the job done um, when you're working out. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, actually, let me just go to my playlist and look it out as I bam. And then I scroll all the way down because there's so many songs in this playlist. There's like, what am I at right now? Hold on, I got you right now. 1,399 songs. Um, yeah. So I have Aha, I have Shootout at My Crib, Golden Child, Petty 2 featuring Future, 
uh, Barbarian and Grow Up, Keep It On Speaker. That Those are some of my favorites. Um, and that is the week in hip hop. So now let's just start talking about some random uh, shit that happened in the past two months and a half. So yeah. do you want to do you want to start with who, who do you want to start with? I think there's a bunch of places. I think we agree on that Saba record. Mm-hmm. I, I love that album that right now it's probably the album of the year to me. Two, I, two and a half months in. It's no disagreement for me. And I've liked a lot of I've liked some other projects a lot, but that that record just has so many. Every song is like so listenable, but also like has such like a a strong I think message is the corny way to put it, but mm-hmm. it has a strong like listen, like you got to pay attention and not mm-hmm. in the corny way either. It's yeah. like you got to pay attention because you want to pay attention, not because like you know not a shot but like an older version of j cole where he's like pay attention because i'm so smart mm-hmm. this is like pay attention because you should mm-hmm. like pay attention because like i'm here i'm telling you i'm vulnerable honestly we talked about it with dirk i maybe would have liked it if there were less features on this to get more straight from saba because mm-hmm. this is such like a personal and vulnerable record that it almost would have been nice to hear just him coming through more but i think all the features are are perfectly placed regardless of that yeah i, 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 think, I really like that album i think that black thought at the end with um i i think that every concept on that album from track to track was executed really well from the standpoint of even a little detail at uh what's the what's the name of the last song um probably few good things is probably the name of the last song if i'm yeah um, it is the album is called few good things and the last track is called Few Good Things as well. And on Few Good Things, the track, the song, um, every verse ends with, I, be, I believe the first verse, Saba ends it with bad things come in threes, good things come in few or something something along those lines. And having Saba end every single track like that, every single verse on this seven minute long song like that, and also having Black Thought uh play into that as well and ending his verse with some variation of that too really shows detail to me um 2012 the storytelling on that is beautiful make believe him basically rapping about his mother and talking about how like they made it and when he's not supposed to necessarily be here um i enjoyed that as well i think that throughout survivor's guilt with g herbo g herbo is well, he's he's G Herbal's rapping and he seems very hungry. He seems he seems very starved. So I'm excited for whatever G Herbo comes out with next because I think that G Herbo is one of the more underrated artists. And I think that as a lyricist, he's really starting to grow, especially with the things that he's starting to rap about over the past two or three years. Um, but that being said, even the intro, the the calm start to the project and how everything just flows from track to track is beautiful sequencing is something that is one of the most underrated um qualities in an album period and just to see that being executed so well is very important to me so that's probably why a few good things is my album of the year so far you said it perfectly sequencing is not necessarily a lost art but for a lot of stuff that's just going for that that big first week number the sequencing isn't necessarily as important because you can have one song carry the rest of them no matter the sequence like if you see a couple big names in a feature list on a lot of current albums you're going straight there first you might not even play everything else this record is definitely 
made to be played front to back in order exactly mm-hmm. and F- fearmonger in 2012 to me stand out among the rest and it's just i don't know it's something it's something i've missed a lot i think if you obviously if you look hard enough you you can find vulnerable introspective records everywhere like mm-hmm. they're not dead like everyone wants everyone wants you to believe or wants us to believe and sometimes i fall into that trap too but this one being even the rollout was nice. Like when Fearmonger came out as a single in Saba, you know, each step of the way he's put out like a thing where it's like, not necessarily like, yo, this is how you should listen to us, but like, this is what this is. It's art. It's meant to be consumed and felt in a way it's not, it's not meant to be necessarily like judged on first listen or judged at all. It's a, it's a piece of art and it stands alone and it's, it is what it is. And, I think that's interesting. And honestly, I wish, I wish more stuff was like that where you could, where you, you got more time to make a decision on something. And it's not so much. Is this fire on first listen? Cause if not three other projects came out today, so I got to get to those. This is, it's a really nice album and I'd be thrilled if it won album of the year. Obviously we got nine months to go, but. (laughs) And we have some big behemoths coming too. I know. Um, But I I think that this will at least, because he's independent too, at least amongst the independent artists that have uh, national recognition. Only only other artists I could probably see who's independent, well, two, um, that I could probably see, and this might be my New York bias coming in, um, probably knocking this off is either Code of the Friend, because his, la- his project from last year, um, To Kill a Sunrise, was really, really good. And I thought that that was an album of the year contender throughout the year. And also Joey Badass, because Joey Badass's last song that came out, not this week, but the week before, was really, really good. And I think that if he's starting to get into his prime level and can deliver something that is a worthy follow-up to All-American Badass, I think that Joey Badass will be right on top again. Because he, he hasn't really been making music as much. He's been acting in Wu-Tang, and he's been in Mr. Robot, too, shows that I really like, so... Um, not really mad at it, but you know, where where's the music? Same thing with Childish uh, Gambino too. Where I like Atlanta, but come on, come on, Donald, come on. Yo, I was watching uh the shop came out last Friday, and he said that he made he made all of Awaken My Love because someone told him he couldn't make a hit, so he made Redbone and then made the whole album around it and was like, there you go. We gotta so we gotta tell him that he can't rap anymore. Is basically what you're telling me. Hey, I. A couple months ago, I wrote a piece on the 10th anniversary of camp. And it's like, the raps are either there or they're not. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but I'm glad you brought up Joey Badass because he, he's someone who everyone knows about, but doesn't necessarily get the shine that he probably deserves mm-hmm. for like the elite, elite talent that he is. Yeah, no, he, he has, some people argue that his first, his debut, uh, 1999 is a classic. I can see why. Um, I also like Before the Money. Some people don't really like that one as much, but I, I really like that one. And also um, All-American Badass, I enjoy too. So he's, he's basically three for three. Um, also, just for, the, just for the sake of seeing what would happen, yo, Donald, Donald um, Donald Glover, you can't rap anymore. You got to prove it. Just, just hope that he hears that and makes an album. I, I tried, guys. You can't say I didn't try. Um, but I think, I think that Camp is a really, really good album. Um, I think that because the internet is really good too. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a debate amongst people who like both albums, which one is better. And I'm curious to hear what you think is better. I think that camp is probably better. 
So it's interesting because we're at the perfect age where camp, because of the internet, they all kind of matched up where we were, mm. kind of like coming into this music thing. So like camp to me still holds up. Camp to me is super, super vulnerable. There's some there's some moments on it because I went back to it because it was 10 years this past fall. There's some moments on it that are like real cringeworthy. Yeah. Like looking 10 years back, it's, I'm it's like, very... He, he has one line that is insane. I'm not going to repeat it verbatim, but he basically says, I made the beat R word, so I'm calling it a slow jam. And it's like, at the time, it was like, this went off. And like, uh, like obviously, there's been some um, people haven't, like, there's been some awareness about why not to use that word anymore. But yeah, yeah, at the yeah. time, it was like, this, this is a legit top level bar. Like, I... I and this might be this. This is probably how I take. I think that if Childish Gambino kept rapping, I think that he at some point within the past ten years would have been regarded as like a top five rapper. People sleep like Stone Mountain and Kawhi were crazy. Mm-hmm. Those tapes he released after because of the internet. Mm-hmm. The one Stone Mountain is a Gangsta Grills mixtape with DJ Drama. Yeah, and he's like rapping, rapping on it, which I understand why some people don't don't necessarily like it but even if you go go to the freestyles like there's one it's like late night with rosenberg he has the one on sway where he's rapping over the pound cake beat like i didn't he's think that having a conversation in the middle of that too isn't he yeah he stops and has it's a conversation crazy. and then mixes it back in i crazy. didn't think we'd be talking about gambino rapping today no, but i'm kind of glad we are no I, I i remember that one i forget what show he was on but he made the beat as he was like talking it was basically like if you've ever seen I think it's called the cave with uh, Kenny. Kenny beats. Yeah. yeah. It was basically like that live. He, he was basically making a beat and then he freestyled over that beat he was making while he was talking. And it was just, just seeing the ability to split your focus like that and have legitimate things to say, but at the same time, make a legitimate beat was like, okay, this, this dude is different. But that being said, um, he can't rap. So we, 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 we might need more proof of that. Um, I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm trying. It's a valiant. It's a valiant effort. I respect it. Yeah, you know, sometimes because because rappers get bad when you when you tell them they can't do things, and then it leads them to do the what you actually want them to do. So I know. Except but that being like, said, he's like, I'm. Oh, I'm just gonna dominate multiple media. Yeah. He, he's like, oh, I can't. I can't make the best show on TV. All right. <laughs> I mean, okay. Snowfall is looking pretty good. I mean, I gotta get into that. You gotta. We, I gotta we, get into that. I've been deep in the because with March Madness on the like around the corner and then NBA playoffs coming up, I've been deep in watching mm-hmm. everything basketball. Like mm-hmm. all the 30 for 30s, I've been like going back just like on some real like nerd shit, like watching like winning time with Reggie Miller and Spike Lee and stuff like that. Like really, have really you, getting into it. Have you seen the um the Lakers show? Yeah. Is that called is that the one that's called Winning Time? It is called Winning yeah. Time too. That is a very a very good show and i yeah. am excited it, this it will probably the second episode will probably be out after uh before this podcast comes out so i don't have any thoughts yet obviously because we didn't see it but the first episode yeah. with the fourth wall breaks and just the 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 portrait the character portrayals of everybody they just got all the right actors to do the right things and yeah for sure it, it's it's great but moving on to um 
the other art form that isn't visual, the the one that we're supposed to be talking about, the one that's in your ear, yeah. you know, like you play it and you play it and you hear other people playing it. It's called good music. That that uh, one. Um, I think I know uh, what you're talking about. <laughs> that one. Um, so, have you listened to the Kodak Black album Back for Everything? So the three that we've talked about that I haven't really played that much. I've heard them just because like they're big. Mm-hmm. I haven't played a lot of Young Boy. Haven't played a lot of Kodak. Haven't played a lot of Babyface Drive. Okay. Well. Okay. So let me start with Kodak. Kodak's album. Are were you a Kodak fan like at all, or were you just like you understood he was big? But I understood really he's big, and I understand. I understand the talents there. It's like I've never been like all right. I'm spinning Kodak constantly, mm-hmm. but I get. I get why people are. Yeah. I Kodak just. He just has a way of delivering content. Like it. I think that with the new era of hip hop coming in, it's clear that the street rappers are going to be the ones that are going to take over. Um, So with that, it's just based off of which artist delivers their content in the most unique but simple way possible. And I think that Kodak is definitely up there. Um, This album, uh, Back for Everything, first of all, it, the, the name of it is fitting because it really didn't look like, it really looked like Kodak was about to fall off after he got out of jail last year. Um, and then he dropped two uh, EPs that didn't really do well. Um, but then he dropped Super Gremlin and people started fucking with it and people started playing with it more. Um, I believe the San Francisco 49ers walked out to it in a playoff game, which kind of shows the reach there. Um, so Within that song, because it's it's clear that his fallout with his former sniper gang rapper uh, Jack Boy like hurts him personally, or is like really hitting him hard. Like that song is based around that, and the vulnerability on that track of being like, "Damn, I wish that I wish our relationship worked out. Like I wish we like we could have been superstars for real." Like the heartbreak of that, because um, you know what it's like to lose a friend. Like losing a friend sucks, and especially if they do some grimy stuff to you. Like that really sucks. So like. I'm, I'm sure people I'm sure everyone has been there before and that's something that's easily relatable from the listener to the artist in this case Kodak um so Kodak putting those sentiments on wax and basically making probably at this point the song of the year is impressive and then continuing that trend on throughout the rest of the album is super impressive to me too and I think that Back for Everything is probably Kodak's best album, in my opinion, because I did start going back to listen to the previous Kodak albums before and nothing. I mean, also because they're they're older. So we're in 2022, a 2017 project isn't going to hit you as hard as it would have in 2017. But just based off of, I guess, recency bias, um, Back for Everything is probably the best Kodak project in the discography. Yeah, like I said, like I, I end up getting a lot more understanding of like where he's at through socials like mm-hmm. whether it's his posts whether it's being close with like Lamar and the Ravens mm-hmm. trying to when he was like I'm, I'm gonna go back to school and play college football I was like all right like you know what I mean so like that's that's kind of the level that I'm I'm a I'm a Kodak you know I, I'm not even a Kodak anything just like like kind of like following him in his progression but it's undeniable that that like 15 16 17 era where him Uzi X, all them, they like changed some stuff, and they're like legit like pioneers of a certain of a certain lane of hip hop that has that ultimately took over. Yeah, like how music 
works. Yeah, like say say what you want about Kodak musically, he's a legend. I I don't think anyone could t- I like I don't think anyone could really take that away from him. Um, the fact just based off of what he was doing and Tunnel Vision being a huge hit, having other huge hits, Rolling Peace with XXX, um, that being a huge hit as well. Um, you can't really deny Codex Legend. Also, um, No Flocking, which is a track that people like, which is also the track that Cardi B remixed for um, what was her first hit song? Bodak um, Yellow. Bodak Yellow. That's the track that uh, Cardi B drew in for inspiration from. So there's yeah. legitimately, and Cardi B has also said this, like there's legitimately, like she would like, that track came from No Flocking, which shows Codex influence, not just in his subgenre of hip hop, but in other subgenres as well. So I think that the, this project is definitely something to take a look at um, for sure. Um, you also mentioned Babyface Ray, which is also right here. Uh, great project. Detroit is a very interesting city because they have um, historically, obviously, you have Eminem, and then more recently, you have uh, Big Sean. And there was kind of a dry spot from Big Sean on, but now it's starting to get more saturated. You have artists like uh, Babyface Ray, as I just mentioned, 42 Doug, um, who is probably my favorite out of Detroit right now. Um, That voice is so distinct and the way that he performs his music is really good too. Um, He can sing. He also has energy when he raps too, which is versatility that I like. Uh, T Grizzly is someone I also really like from Detroit as well. I swear Bezo is interesting, but I think that with this project called Face, Babyface Ray really set himself apart and he really did it uh, with the beat selection. Um, he found a way to, because Detroit, every city has its own sound. He found a way to combine that Detroit signature uh, 808 sound with more lighter melodies, if that makes sense. And getting artists like 42 Doug, well, obviously 42 Doug and Nice Ray Bezo on it, obviously, um, two Detroit artists that I just named, but also getting someone like a Young Lean to perform on uh, Overtime, which is a super important record to me, um, super important track to me, because I never in a million years would I expect an artist from Detroit to come out with an album like with a project with a song like that excuse me and execute it so well that it's one of my favorite tracks of the year so far so uh shout out to Icewear uh shout out to Babyface Ray very good project wonderful deluxe is coming on that and then finally Youngboy um lots of controversy around Youngboy obviously but we're just here for the music We, we just talk about music here so very good album as well I think that Young Boy is one of the most versatile artists, and that's probably the reason why he's able to create such good projects with, um, without that much features and without that much help. Um, I think that he 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 tried some shit on this too. He he has a song called DC Marvel, and it kind of sounds like uh, the type of the type of music that Lil Uzi would make. I could easily see Lil Uzi getting on that track um, and killing that. Um, he also has a song called Emo Love, which I can see um, it's it's more of a, it's not a traditional trap song. It's It has like a nice, I don't know if I'd call it rock or country, something somewhere in the middle between that, but it's like a nice guitar and he's singing on it. There's 808s on it. Um, there's vulnerability on tracks like I Got This, Foolish Figure, um, How You Been, cage feeling like there's everything that you expect out of a young boy project on this and this this project also could potentially be his uh best um 
So, yeah, I think that he also said that he's coming out with a new project at the end of this month. So that'll be interesting to see as well. But yeah, that is that is my those are probably three of my favorite projects. Well, no, they are three of my favorite projects. I don't know which one is my favorite. Um, and also, uh, did you listen to the Gunna project? DS yeah. forever. Uh, Honestly, did- I think I like it. I think. Obviously, it's been a couple of years since we we've been out of school now. Mm-hmm. That's a project that I wish we were still there for mm-hmm. where it's like we're like the way that kind of music spreads in that scenario is isn't always the best but sometimes with like real special stuff like that like i could have seen that being like a like when me and you like you we had the speakers in like you know in the apartment and stuff like playing it like that to me that's a project like push and p obviously that's the big one but that would have like that like kind of like hype feeling where you're like all right we're getting ready for whatever's about to go down for the night I wish, I wish that like almost that I was like not younger necessarily. I wish that I was kind of like in a situation though where like everyone is around you here constantly. Yeah, no, I, I think that Push and P is also a contender for song of the year. Um, it's simple. Like the one thing about making a hit is that it has to be simple and it has to be catchy and it has to be good. And the chemistry between Gunna Future and Young Thug. I, first of all, I don't think you can see a Gunna and Young Thug pairing on a song and question if it's going to be good it's going to be good there it there's there's no question about that also a gunna and low baby pairing it that's going to be good there, there's no questions about that and you know future um taylor is also a future enthusiast like me like we're we can sing, sing the uh the praises of future all day so just putting future in the middle of that with gunna and young thug and also future and young thug together that's not questioned either there's there's a lot of things to not really question and just accept that are good on this project um I also think there was some uh, vulnerability here um, as well on So Far Ahead Empire. That uh, outro track was really good. Uh, Missing Me was good. Um, Private Island, the intro track was good. Um, I really like I don't I really like IDK the bitch by Gunna featuring G Herbo. The beat is crazy. Also, just G Herbo once again rapping like he's starving and he's probably going to drop one of the best albums of the year is really good 25k jacket with little baby can't question that um just a really good project and it it really shows gunna's growth over the past two years because his last project one i didn't really like it that much i thought it was okay but i thought it was a little overhyped um but when you hear gunna First of all, when you look at the YSL Collective and you look at what they've done over the past few months, especially with the Young Thug releasing Punk, which should have got more attention, um, but it didn't. And seeing the experimenting going on with that and seeing how well Gunna complimented Young Thug on some of those songs, you kind of saw that Gunna was about to uh, evolve into the next level. Even before that, on Slime Language 2, Gunna trying some things on that. Um, so... This project is basically everything I could have asked for out of Gunna, especially after listening to his growth from Slime Language to to Punk to now to to now this. Um, he he also claims that he's going to drop an album, another album this year. I don't really know why, because I think that he can survive off of this till next year, but we'll see. I think it's so important what Gunna's been doing for himself obviously like the ysl thing whatever but when he was coming up with little baby at the same time it was like gun and little baby gun and little baby gun and little baby 
which was amazing to have those two two rappers coming up same city kind of like both under thug for a while but for for those two to have the not the, it's like not a not a bad you know there's no animosity split but for those two to take the separate paths they have i think have been huge for both of them obviously kind of like 2020 i feel was like little baby's year mm-hmm. and i've seen a lot of people over the past two to three years kind of argue that that baby might be might be the best rapper like out right now mm-hmm. but i think it was so good for them to kind of like get on these separate paths so that they can like both shine respectively and especially gonna and it's such an underrated part of of becoming a star like this his like his the fashion stuff where it's like actually it's actually pushing boundaries it's actually his own thing instead of because there's a uniform you know what i mean mm-hmm. there's there's a uniform and he is kind of like broken out of that like obviously the most famous one is like the whole rick owens fit with the boots that rihanna did for halloween but like it's just been really nice to see gonna like take full control and this isn't to say he wasn't in control but really he's controlling every part of his process how things are presented and it's just even down to the cover i think this album cover is one of the best album covers i've seen in a really long time he's had some really good album covers in the past I know. too because dripper drown 2 was also a very good album cover yeah um, and it's so nice that it's nice that atlanta is so collaborative yeah like in a lot of other cities there's like like beef is beef is part of part of this part of the music but for the atlanta artists the biggest atlanta artists to all consistently be getting on songs with each other it just creates such a it's not necessarily a sound obviously there is an atlanta sound but it's like it's like adds texture to everything when when you know that like future's going to appear when you know that thug's going to appear when you know little baby's going to be there and it's not it's not in a stale way it's like mm-hmm. you're excited for it cuz it c- could get stale there are artists where you know that feature's coming and you know exactly what the song's going to sound like but to hear all those artists but specifically those four and on this project gonna leading it it's like i'm still excited to see what they're going to do next when they get together mm-hmm. there's no part of me that is like oh, this sounds like that, or this sounds like that. It's like, I want to hear what Thug's doing on the new Gunna project the same way I want to hear what Gunna's doing on the new Thug project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that um, over the course of the past two years, Atlanta's dominance or chokehold over hip-hop is kind of fading because you're seeing other cities start to even, like, you have New York Drill, and well, you have Brooklyn Drill, you have Bronx Drill, you have... Detroit music, as I just talked about, you have Memphis music, which I didn't even get to yet. Um, there's so many different areas of the country that are now popping out with very good quality music that is their own sound. But the reason why Atlanta is still probably still on top, not as much, but still on top is because of that collaborative effort that you described. You didn't even mention like 21 Savage hopping on a hopping yeah. on a gun track or hopping on a future track or vice versa metro booming's presence there as well um i think that it's just it just comes down to culture i guess like to i guess it's it's the same to to make a basketball reference it's the same reason why the miami heat never have a losing season it's just we're, we're gonna work and we're gonna figure something out and it's gonna look good or sound good and that just seems to be what the atlanta culture is and since 2015, at least in, in terms of my lifetime, since 2015, they've been knocking it out the park ever since. 
Yeah. And when you go back through everything, you realize that really since the beginning of this, they've been one or two. Obviously, mm-hmm. New York is New York. Chicago is undeniably one of the most impactful and influential like cities in music. But I mean, looking back to the, the lineage is insane. Like you just yeah. go back to Outkast mm-hmm. in the 90s, you go Outkast and then you have like a trio of Ludacris, Gucci and Jeezy. T.I. too. T.I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just never ends. Like yeah. there is a. It's one of the most impressive almost three decade runs that we've ever seen. Obviously it's a, it's still a young genre, but it's really impressive. And to see it manifest itself in different ways throughout the years, but always come back to the fact that like future can get on a gun, song mm-hmm. and it's going to sound good. Mm-hmm. Low baby can get, you know, pair it with 21 Savage, even though 21 Savage is from London <laughs> and it's going to sound good. No, nah, I'm <laughs> No. 21 Savage. Um, no, I'm playing. Obviously, it's true that that day on Twitter is still one of the funniest that, days. That, ever. that was wild. That was a wild day. Um, yeah, sorry for the ASMR. No, to be to be honest, man, we're we're, we're trying new things on this podcast too. Con- continuing along with the uh, Atlanta tradition of trying shit. So, thank you for that. Of course, thank you, thank you for your contribution to our hey. experimental podcast um, here. Um, so. What about some of your favorite uh, projects that we didn't get to yet? So talked about it up top with the Benny. I think Alchemist, which again, talking about 30 year runs, Mm -hmm. one of the most impressive things that he's still doing it, like to be with like Cypress Hill, Mob Deep. And then you like, he's still going at a very high level. Continuance with Currencies, great. Real calm album, real smooth real good for driving and then he's all over earl's projects and as a like as a huge earl fan for the last 10 years i love i love the new record i love sick i think it's great 2010 goes crazy lobby's amazing and overall i know that we've talked about this project and i i'm curious to know you know in a fleshed out way what you think of it Mm -hmm. but it's so good and with this nba leather tour that unfortunately i didn't get to Mm -hmm. To see Earl kind of back in it mm-hmm. is just real impressive because he's always been around. There's been the social media presence. There's been a song here, song there. There's been projects like some rap songs, Feet of Clay. But to hear a record from him that's really like, it'll never be reminiscent of 2013 and 2015. Like it's never going to go back to that way. And it shouldn't. Like that's how this is supposed to work. But to hear Earl be back like, 2010 stands out to me where he's killing it it's not so much earl being the like elevated artist that he is kind of like weaving in and out of a really intricate instrumental it's him just like killing and then to be up on stage with bronson and boldy and alchemist and stuff like that it's just sick to me has been one of the better albums of the year and in terms of my favorites it it's right up there Mm -hmm. um i think the thing about Earl for me is that it's clear that he's talented. It's clear that he can rap. He puts words together well. It's just that what do we what 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 do we be saying though? Like like it, it goes it always goes back to a content thing for me because even I think that on the other side of it, when you have the rappers who 
they switch styles so often between songs of I could rap on this song, I could rap, I could sing on this song. I think that they have an advantage because they don't have to focus much that much on content because they can just focus on mixing everything up in terms of sound and um, cadence and stuff. But for the traditional rappers, I think the one thing that sets whoever, that sets Akota, the friend or Asaba apart from uh, Freddie Gibbs or Earl Sweatshirt for me is the fact that when Coda or um, Saba rap, they they have some, like they they're legitimately trying to tackle some form of subject matter that's like they're gonna build this whole song around this. And I think that when Freddie Gibbs and uh, Earl when they rap, I think they just go, and that's fine because it's nice to see just such talent like that. But at the same time, if it's for me to sit down and want to consistently listen to it over and over again, there has to be something that's resonating to me. You can't just rap good because you rap good, you know? And yeah, for that reason, I think, it's, I think what it is, is 2013, 2015 on Doris. I don't like shit. I don't go outside. That was Earl, a very young Earl sweatshirt directly addressing like things. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of artists who see this, when they're when they're younger it gets real direct it's like this is how i feel this is you know i'm gonna put it on put it on wax like that and then as as time goes on it gets a little avant-garde and i think avant-garde is the best way to describe earl's music and i don't think it's intentional i still think he's addressing just as much as he always had but it's in a way where it's not dancing around it it just it just it's conveyed in such a different way than maybe it used to be. And I think some of those artists, especially the ones who like blew up in the early, early 2010s, the like massive exposure that a group like odd future got, you can see it. It like right as it kind of like shifted, right. As it kind of like tilted over, you can see that Earl kind of like hit away. Tyler Mm. had a huge transformation. And I think it progresses like that. The reason I'm so high on this album is being a huge Earl fan then, you end up invested in the artist back then. So now, however they're going, however they're addressing the things that are going on in their life, things that are going on in the world, I'm going to be here for it because I was there for it then, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's like, like one it's of like, my favorite artists who we don't, we don't have to name. I've been listening to him since 2009. So it's like, I'm like a lot of people are like, yeah, sure. It's catchy. It's whatever. It blew Donda out of the water in sales. Biggest rapper in the world. When I get a little drunk, I might say biggest rapper ever. Like I'm invested. I've been there for a long time, but I understand why people who hear like, you know, pipe down. That's a little hint. Like I get it. But someone like Earl, I just, I just been there for so long. And it's like, I'm just, I was invested then and it's just lasted all the way through. So there's obviously some bias, but it's like, it's always interesting for me to get that window into where someone's at, someone is at now, knowing where they were then. Mm-hmm. No, I feel you. Um, well, so what I'm, what I'm taking away from this is that there's no chance that you won't be a Celtics fan is, is what I'm taking away from this. Nah, that that's forever. <laughs> I mean, unless like something like horrible, unless like something like, you know what I mean? Something like crazy happened. Like, 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 like Danny Ainge keeping all the picks and not trading for a superstar. Nah, yo. Sorry, sorry, too soon. 
tough subject. Nah, I mean, yo, Brad's been undoing everything he did. Now nah, he he's he's Danny done gets more a bad rap too. He drafted Tatum. He drafted Jalen. Drafted Smart. Drafted Grant Williams, and drafted uh, Jalen. What, so what like about the, Robert Williams? That's what I said, didn't I? No, you said Grant Williams. <laughs> I was gonna say like oh. I, that's the that's the first time oh, I that's heard what Grant I meant. Williams get some love. No, so it. <laughs> Shit, we're back in basketball again. <laughs> Tatum Brown, smart. Rob Williams. I'll throw Grant in there. He's the third best three-point shooter in the league. He initially got Horford. He had his bad parts where he was obsessed with picks 14 through 16. Obsessed. Mm-hmm. He loves them. Mm-hmm. He's like, this guy we're going to get in the middle of the first round who will never play. Romeo Langford, I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> there was no need for it. And Brad's been like, all right, we're getting rid of all that. Taylor is, I said on um, It's All Opinion, episode five, that Bobby Manning was one third of the reason why I care about the Celtics. Taylor is another third of why I care about the Celtics. You're a closeted um, Celtics fan. Maybe. Maybe. We'll get you there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I ever settle on the team, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Nah, you're, yeah, your pyramid scheme of teams and players <laughs> you like, so you've never... You never lose. You said you want. You said you wanted to come to come um on a pyramid scheme. Pull up. We can we can, hey. we can like the Bulls together. Caruso's back. Come on, bro. The Bulls. Hell yeah. No. Caruso's back. All uh, <laughs> the Bulls. <laughs> nah. It's all fun and games till the Bulls locks up Tatum and then you're out the first round. Who who? Caruso. Oh my God. Or Lonzo. Or Demar. Come on, thirty-three. Or Derek Jones Jr. I, I'm oh just saying we got we got perimeter defenders. The one thing we don't have is the one thing we don't have is size. But perimeter defenders, we got loads of those. Yeah, you're saying we right now, but when yeah. they get knocked out in the first round, it'll be we for the Sixers. You're right. <laughs> you're and exactly right. Russ isn't going to be in the playoffs, but that'll no. be we for the Laker whenever no. that happens. It'll be we for the Nuggets. That's that's what it'll be. All right. Yeah. Nuggets is the next step. Yeah. Okay. Cool. They're, they look dangerous. You're not scared. Well, that I, if I'm scared, that means the Celtics are making the finals. So uh, that's fair. Okay, yeah, that's not true. You don't have to be scared. All right, <laughs> all right. We'll leave it there then. <laughs> all right. Uh, this has been episode 300, the first episode of season three. That is Taylor McLeod pushing P in that nice Pittsburgh Pirates fitted hat. There, I am Nate Sperlin. Thank you for listening and watching. Uh, like and subscribe share with your friends, uh, do all that stuff, you know, um, comment about your favorite uh, hip hop album this so far this year. And yeah, we will be back when we will be back. We'll be back when hip hop tells us to be back is what I'm going to say to that. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. So that being said, thank you for listening and watching and we are out.